Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook Em Up, 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. I woke up to the morning sky first. Oh, yes, sir, and yes, ma'am. You had better wake them up, get them up, get them going. Thanks for waking up to the morning sky with us. It's Hook 'em Up with Ian Rod B. on this Valentine's Day, 14 February. It also happens to be uh, Ash Wednesday, so the start of Lent, kind of a curious crossover, but it's both today, Ash Wednesday and Valentine's Day. So we'll have some fun with that this morning, and certainly, hopefully, you uh I do not, but have your red on as you're up and out this morning. And uh, should be a fun five-hour conversation as we launch this thing on 1019, also on AM 1260. And we appreciate all of you that find us on that Horn app. Download to your smartphone, touch of a button. You've got us wherever you are in the 512, all over the great state and all over the world. Listening to uh, our conversations each morning, all the shows on the Horn, as a matter of fact. Uh, appreciate you doing that and being there. Uh, we should tell you this morning that uh, big mess out uh, south there, Oak Hill area between uh, 290 between William Cannon and 71. There is a um, fatality accident, and so that area is shut down. It's obviously a major issue if you're coming in from Dripping Springs or coming in from Bee Cave, trying to get yourself in and around uh, central Austin. It's going to be a mess. That's the main artery, obviously. Find an alternate route. That whole area is shut down this morning. More from Don Miller. We like to uh, make, your, make sure you're aware if you're just jumping in your car and headed in right now from Dripping Springs out that way, coming down 71 from Bee Cave, be advised. Or going the other way, uh, towards Oak Hill and Dripping Springs. Uh, 290 shut down, William Cannon over to 71, so be advised as we roll this thing out. Uh, look who it is. is rolling into uh, the South Austin Onion Creek compound, making his way right on time as usual. He is our shutdown corner out of the 713. DB High down there in Houston, Texas. Also a lifetime Longhorn playing at, uh, at DBU here in the 512. Off to four years in the National Football League. Uh, he is... Uh, now done 16 great years in media, just back from the Super Bowl. He is Blackstradamus, the football theorist, proud papa of Baby Monroe. Happy Valentine's Day, Rod B. Happy uh, Valentine's Day to you too, brother, and to everybody else out there listening. We appreciate you. Uh, and, uh, yeah, man, it's, uh, it's, it's a mess out there, actually. Uh, Looking like a mess. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. Valentine's Day, it seems like there's a lot of wrecks, so please be careful on the roads. Uh, also, before we uh, get started, we always do like to give a shout-out to those who serve. We do it each and every morning. We are proud to do it, especially on a Valentine's Day when you're showing love. We don't show enough love to those who serve our society, built on the selflessness of service. So all those out there, uh, we know it's an honor but also a burden, so we appreciate you, whether you're serving God, country, or community. We want to say thank you. Thank you very much. Absolutely. No doubt about it on this Valentine's Day. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it, it's, it's interesting. I, I had, a, had a couple of meetings yesterday after the show, Rod, and I was making my way right through that area. I was headed oh, down to uh, the Belterra area for a lunch with a good friend of mine. And uh, driving through that area right there, and I'm, for, for folks who do it every morning or every day, I, I, it, in my, in yeah. my mind, I was thinking, man, I'd hate to do this at night. Yeah, there's a lot going on <laughs> yeah. there. There's a lot. I, I hadn't been you. through that stretch in, mm-hmm. a, in, in a good while. Yeah. Um, and so I was, I was driving through it right in the middle of the day. It was like 11, noon. I'm driving through there, and I, I remember thinking, man, I would not want to do this at night because it kind of turns you into oncoming traffic. Mm, and then, yeah. So I don't know what happened there, but, man, uh, strangely coincidental that yeah. I had just driven through there. If you're unfamiliar thinking, with it, it can yes. really be confusing. Uh, there is a fatality, yeah. unfortunately, and, yeah, that's a little – 
they're they're obviously construction like crazy through that area too so they got things diverted and you go this way then you go this way uh to do that at night would be even more of a challenge so certainly be safe out there uh and more importantly uh, for you take a different route find a way it's going to be clogged up pack your patience this morning for sure if you're coming in from those areas are going to have to deal with that because it's going to be a bit of a mess to say the least who knows how long that investigation will uh will be going on but there's a lot to talk about our five-hour conversation begins right now we've got cdc crystal conti speaking at a uh open uh, town hall last night down on the 40 acres a lot of conversations had including the football program uh, new beach volleyball program coming online the texas that moved to the sec baseball upgrades everything so we'll get to all of that also uh, a lot of nfl nfl slash college football news to get to as we get this thing cranking you have, do you have validate valentine's plans rod v uh no not really Valentine's Day plans of course I mean I'll uh, probably when I, on my way home I'll get get the flowers for uh, there you go for wifey I'll probably do that on the way home and then I mean I got cards already but that's nice. about it we don't, I don't think we're doing anything extravagant that's good you got a you yeah. got a young baby I've not had an update from you on uh, baby Monroe now who was born yeah. in uh, late September how is she doing is she, her first uh, Valentine's Day she's doing good she's about four what four months now and she's man she's Actually, yesterday she put her pacifier in her mouth for the first time. Nice. So she's uh, we got the little yeah come we got the little benchmarks already happening. Wifey got video of it, so it's a, that was a big deal in the household. Yeah, but she's doing good. She's doing good. She's uh, getting. I mean, our only concern, honestly, no joke, is that I, I she she has she has so much fat. <laughs> baby fat baby, baby fat. chubs yeah that's like her she is so she's so roly-poly that we have to like lotion up her rolls like you know they do on the shows like the thousand pound sisters and stuff that's like, hilarious i we have, have to because otherwise she yeah like she, it, her skin rubs against it, it gets irritated and that's like a big deal because she's so she's a, a fat, fat healthy that was, baby that was our oldest too fat yeah. healthy is exactly right fat like healthy and i was uh-huh. we took her to the doctor and i was like is she too fat and she's like no she's fine I was like, all right, she she's. she's well, our oldest <laughs> I know was like off the charts and all the growth, you know, sizes, weights, yeah. lengths, and he, you know, he was a string bean as a kid growing yeah. up. Once he got there, so yeah, exactly. Change. I know. I, was like, I had yeah. my, my parents. I said I didn't have joints at creases. Yeah, <laughs> like the Michelin, like, man. Michelin man. Yeah, so that, that's really the oh, that's that's a blessing, I guess. That's sure, the it is. Only concern that we have pretty much all throughout the day. Keep her lotioned up, <laughs> lubed up, pretty much. Uh, good stuff yeah. right there. All right, let's get to the uh, top stories and the headlines on this Valentine's Day, and there's plenty of them. Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment bring you the top stories of the morning, including college football. You know, just two years after the Longhorns suffered through that miserable 5-7 and seven season for Steve Sarkeesian, they only had two players invited to the NFL scouting combine. Didn't have anyone drafted that year in April. Well, yesterday, uh, things have certainly changed. Coming off that Big 12 championship, appearance in the Sugar Bowl as part of the 14 playoff, 11 Longhorns earned invites to this year's combine among the most in college football. Seven from the Texas offense with Jonathan Brooks and Keelan Robinson, the running backs. Wide receivers Jordan Whittington, A.D. Mitchell, and Xavier Worthy. And then uh, tight end Jatavion Sanders and right tackle Chris Jones all headed to Indy. Four more from the defense, defensive lineman Byron Murphy and Tavondre Sweat, linebacker Jalen Ford, and defensive back Ryan Watts. Uh, the event for the Combine will be held at Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis from February the 26th through March the 4th. Texas Athletic Director Chris Del Conte spoke at an on-campus town hall last night, an annual thing he does to engage with the uh, student body and uh, uh, fans and, and supporters. Among the highlights, CDC outlined several football-related upgrades, including an initiative to upgrade uh, DKR Texas Memorial Stadium. It will include a new south end zone video board, a recruiting lounge, and refurbishments to several luxury-level areas. Del Conte added that the plan 
is to have a grass playing surface at DKR by 2026. Also says construction on the program, the football program's new practice facility will begin this June. We'll talk more about what CDC had to say last night coming up. Big media news yesterday. Word that ESPN and the college football playoff have agreed to terms on a contract extension that will make their the four-letter network the home of the 12-team playoff tournament beginning this season and running through the 2032 season. Uh, the six-year contract extension will cost the network around $1.3 billion annually. The agreement won't be ratified until the conference commissioners and school presidents vote on the structure and the financials of the expanded CFP. New deals believed to be contingent on the leaders finalizing details of a new format following the demise of the Pac-12 as a Power 5 league. In the NFL, Washington Commanders head coach Dan Quinn hiring another member of that Dallas Cowboys coaching staff to join him in D.C. According to the NFL Network's Ian Rappaport, Commanders are hiring Cowboys assistant Sharif Floyd to be their assistant defensive line coach. Texas uh, men and basketball enjoying their week off in the midweek ahead of Saturday's trip to Houston. Face the fifth-ranked Houston Cougars. Busy night in Big 12 hoops though, last night. 12th-ranked Baylor rolled past 25th-ranked OU in Waco, 79-62. Big win for 10th-ranked Iowa State. They went on the road, beat Cincinnati 68-59. And in Provo, 19th-ranked BYU nipped UCF 90-88. to Horn Headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. A new year and a new store. Come see our new beauty location at 200 Trademark Drive to rent, buy, or repair any construction and lawn equipment you need. TopGun.net. We'll shoot you straight. Yeah, CDC's always got big plans. I always like listening to CDC talk because he's going to reveal that he's been working on something. And, and as an athletic director, you're always supposed to have a vision for the program. Um, you know, and even when the program's doing really well, which it is the, right now, the, the athletic program, but you're always supposed to have a vision for it, and he certainly does. <laughs> well, look, he I certainly mean, does. He's talking about a, a mini Moody Center for yeah. the uh, for the volleyball team, which everybody's like, okay, so where where is that going to go? I wonder. Uh, he's, well, I mean, and I'm sure he's got a vision for it, but uh, you know, he's talking about moving the the Texas Texas A&M game to Thanksgiving. Yeah. Uh, trying to. I mean, he's just. I, I just love the fact that he's always got his. He's always got a vision. Yeah, he even admits he doesn't even know if he can accomplish half of it. He even says, like, Dream like big. He said, yeah, he, said, he even admits, like, I, no, you know, I don't know if we can do it, but I would like to do this. He's always got, like I said, and I love that he may not have a plan all the time, but he's got a vision for what he sees for the program. Well, he's, he's, a, always, he's a builder. He, as, as a leader of the athletic department, it's always been pretty simple. I, I'll think of the macro things. You focus on the micro things in your yeah, program. You win. Uh, you win. Uh, yeah. I'll get you what you need, and that's always been the, the focus. And you know, the, the the only expectation CDC has is you know playing the top ten in the country in your sport. You know, compete in the it. top ten in the country, and then after each season, we're going to meet and you you tell me what you need, and I'm going to go to work trying to get it. Uh, you know, and what are the reasons why maybe you weren't competing in the top ten? And uh, here they are. And so obviously the Longhorns, great success across the board. And yes, that comes with you know, that volleyball thing, the mini Moody. You know, kind of surprised some folks because, as you said, where's the uh, – you know, it is only 40 acres. Where are you going to jam a, a new 5,000-seat arena that's a mini Moody Center for the volleyball program who, you know, has earned it. I mean, they won a couple national championships of the, the premier program in, in women's volleyball, and they do play in the uh, kind of the old small Gregory Gym, which is a great environment. It is. But, you know, everybody else has shiny new stuff down there. Everybody else has brand new stuff. And, um, you know, so we'll see. I don't he, – he, if he says it, he's got to have a, an idea of where that could go. So we'll see. Uh, also, when, you know, I know you as a former player, Rod, are big on a grass field at DKR. Um, yeah. To be playing back on grass mm-hmm. by 2026 That's would be great. great. Great idea. All kinds of upgrades to the football stadium and the new practice facility, which is going in just south of the uh, of the uh, current you know coaches offices there in the in the in the south end zone at DKR. Also, the uh, the new the baseball season starts this weekend, Rod. 
and he announced uh, something called the Yeti Yard coming to UFC Dishfalk Field, which will be essentially they're going to build right outside one of the, uh, the, the outfield fences, glass to where people can sit behind the glass and the little, little uh, bullpen-looking area where you can hang out, watch the game from field level, and I'm sure have some cocktails and whatever. Obviously, Yeti uh, sponsoring that. So pretty cool mm-hmm. uh, that, uh, you know, as you said, always having a vision, yeah, always looking forward and uh, always wants uh, yeah. new things. I mean, it's all, and it gives almost every program, you know, a little something, <laughs> right, to look forward to. You talked about the grass coming back to DKR. That's going to be pretty cool. He wants to – uh, like I said, moving the the thanks moving the uh, Texas Texas and game Thanksgiving. I, I mean, because it doesn't. I don't think it's it matters one way or the other. But he, I think he's just trying to embrace the old traditions as much as he can. Yeah, um, we had. I, a, I don't think it. He he, I, he knows it doesn't matter that much. But I think he's just trying to embrace the old traditions. Well, and they did a Q and A, so people were asking questions, and they yeah. could they could and not just like stand up and ask them, but they could actually send questions that they would then put up on a big board and uh um you know somebody asked are we going to play a&m each year because you know right at this point that is not official you know texas is scheduled Mm -hmm. to play at college station this year and next and of course it's all but official well exactly but but at this point i mean it's not official like the uh the the presidents of the of the conference once texas and ou join have to gather figure out what that scheduling rotation is as we've said i mean texas wouldn't be doing this if they weren't going to play a&m every year yeah Yeah, Uh, it needs to be finalized and how that schedule rotation works and is it going to be an eight-team conference schedule or a nine-team conference schedule into the future we know right now it's eight uh, that needs to be discussed. Discuss, but uh, Crystal Conti was asked if they'll play in Emanuele. He says it, that's the hope, and the hope is we move it back to Thursday of Thanksgiving week, which then begs the question, is that the, the ideal spot for it, considering how popular the NFL is now and how the NFL has their triple headers now on Thanksgiving with the uh, the early window, the mid-window, and then the late? Would you rather be on Friday playing a and I don't know. That's a debate that uh, Longhorn fans can have, but uh, yeah. CDC says Thursday. Which, yeah. I mean, I don't. I said, it, I'm used to playing on Thursday. I played in the, the NFL. I played on Thanksgiving. Played on Thanksgiving when I played at Texas. So for me, it's I. I, I'm, I my mindset's a little different about it. It's just long as football. But I get that you know you you are competing basically. Yeah, you want with the best entertainment product and TV product in America, which is the NFL. And you don't want to have to do that. But Longhorn fans, there are. He's probably done the the research. A lot of Longhorn fans who aren't NFL fans who don't give a damn about the NFL. And there are indeed those fans who are just college football fans and not NFL fans. They're not crossover fans. Yeah, you're right about that. Now, do you, as a former player who played on both in college and pro, which is interesting, uh, I, I could make an argument that uh, having that extra day, you know, short week, you know, five days instead of six to get ready for a, for a football game, any benefit to that for both in, in such a big game, too, with Texas and Texas A&M? Such a big game. I, I think a lot of it depends on what – the games you have surrounding it on the schedule. Yep. I think that'll be big uh, for, for for either side. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I guess it, it has since home field advantage should matter more uh, for those those holiday sure. games. I would think so. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's interesting. I, I don't necessarily know if it'll give Texas an advantage or a disadvantage at being on a holiday either way. I think from year to year, annually, that'll change based on the circumstances. But – like I said, I just, it, it may not happen because, you know, it may be the broadcast networks end up, you know, deciding. Like, it, right? Exactly. Like, no, nah, man. Not, see, we're not doing that. We, we, want, we want separate products. I love your idea. Your idea is the money idea. If, if you could do it. For this year's game? 
your 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 idea about the, that in the Tex in the Texans and the Cowboys that would be the best idea. Yeah, because this year's game is scheduled for November thirtieth, which is the Saturday. Yeah, so it's. Yeah. Uh, I have our because because we know the way the schedule is built, the Cowboys will play the Texans this year in Arlington, uh, and that, you know obviously we after the draft and they'll do the schedule reveal of dates and times. I think it would be really cool to have uh, Cowboys Texans on Thursday in the middle of the week uh, or in the middle of the day that, that, that Thursday for the rivalry. I mean, obviously there's a lot more Cowboy fans in the great state than Texans fans, but there's enough Texans fans to make it fun. And the rise with uh, CJ Stroud and company against Dak yeah. Prescott, that would be a marquee matchup. And then, you know, the Longhorns and Aggies re-engaging for the first time in more than a decade on, on that Saturday. And I know there are still a lot of people who think that game's going to move back to Friday, that the TV networks will drop it. But we, right now it's scheduled for the 30th of November, Saturday, at College Station. Uh, but still, either even if it's one day removed, that would be a still lot be of fun. Cool. That would be really cool. That would be still really – I don't know if the, the NFL will Could, prioritize the Texans like that. That's the question. And But they can just go with the rivalry thing. But, I mean, the NFL has a lot of – Rivalries already set sure. kind of like that, so I, I don't know. I, I love the idea though. I'm with you. I, I, I would love the Texans to get that platform. That's the thing. Do they think the Texans are worthy of it? Yeah, to get that on that stage. Yeah, that's going to be the question, right? With coming off the yeah. the, the ten win season and a playoff win, a Is division it sexy champion. enough? Yeah, I think well, I do think uh, you know C.J. Stroud is going to be kind of one of those it guys uh, into the off season and you know the rise of D'Amico Ryan's in that program. But sure, I mean the Cowboys are America's team. The other thing they could do, Rod, if they don't want to do it on Thanksgiving. Uh, a recent with with the Cowboys playing every year on Thanksgiving. A lot of times now, including this past year, they've played the Thanksgiving game. Then they they played their Thursday night game the following Thursday. Yeah. So they get a full week uh, coming off the short week. You could play it there, uh, where you know That's you true. got you got November thirtieth. It's it's the uh, you know the, the Longhorns and Aggies, and then you know five days later on a Thursday night primetime on Amazon, it's Cowboys Texas. You could do that too. Just kind of bookend it together, where it's like, man, these are I love you know, the, the idea. The, the, you know the, the football crazy state of Texas, uh, the rivalries, especially highlighting a little bit of Texas and Texas A and M getting back together, and um, a, a rivalry we've missed for the last oh. uh, you know thirteen years. Yeah, I mean for the first time, I don't know in twenty. 20- Maybe like twenty something years. Maybe got probably got twenty five years. Maybe twenty six years. I think the Texas Texas A and M game will be bigger than the Texas OU game. And oh yeah. That's really hadn't been the case since maybe like nineteen ninety something. Yeah, I mean, like, like right because once 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 Texas o, OU goes, it was ratcheted. It was souped up once Bob Stoops won a national title. Yep. In his second year, and then it took it to a whole nother level. And that was what two thousand. So ever since then, pretty much Texas, Texas OU has been bigger than Texas, Texas M, in my opinion. I agree with that. I, I agree playing. with that because it was yeah. the the arms race. It was the fight between Stoops and Mac Brown, and the back and forth. And obviously oh, OU man. dominated early. You know, Mac Brown got back control of it oh, mid, midway it through was, the decade. It, it, the winner of that game was propelled into the national oh, championship conversation every year. And Texas and Texas A&M had been relegated to being kind of a regional. State rivalry, and I, I think Texas, you know, not only dominated it, but I think Texas won most of it and won most of their fair share of them. Yep. Until the whole program fell off in 2010, and then after that, hell, they were even gone. Um, but I, I, I think for the first time, I, I think it'll be bigger. 
Yeah, well, and uh, you know, you already hear yeah, people talking about years. it. I mean, uh, we ran yeah. into some folks the other night that are big A and M fans, and they were, oh man, can't wait for November, can't wait for November. They're ready. Everybody's getting geeked up for because we're yeah, now man. into the uh, in the year 2024, and it's actually being talked about, and that's what makes that rivalry so great because it divides families, it divides couples, it's uh, it's uh, one of those, and it's unfortunate that it hadn't been played for the last dozen plus years, uh, but here we go. Uh, so we'll have more from CDC and what he had to say last night. We'll also certainly talk about the Longhorns headed to the combine, Rod. Will take us behind the burnt orange curtain, uh, Rod. One of the big conversations, obviously, coming out of the Super Bowl was Kyle Shanahan, your good buddy, and uh, Shanahan did speak to the media. You said yesterday he should go dark, but he did uh, speak to the media and said that uh, you know they reviewed the overtime playoff rules. Uh, he talked about it. I, I, Brock Purdy talked about it. He understood it. Um, actually talked yep. with Brian Greasy, the quarterbacks coach, right before overtime began, and they had you know, all the players confirmed that they had gone through it. And what Shanahan said was that they essentially had their position coaches make sure each position understood the overtime, overtime rules, rules during yeah. the week of, the, of before they even entered yeah. the playoffs. So, you know, if they didn't know it, um, but what were your thoughts on what uh, what Kyle said yesterday? I mean, I thought everything he said was buttoned up. It's just uh, I think the the controversy started when his own players said they didn't yep. know the rules. So that, that was on a couple of players, and then he explained that his – so I guess those players just weren't listening to the position coaches uh, when the rules were explained. I guess, and as yeah. you said yesterday, Kyle Juszczyk, he went to Harvard. I mean, this guy yeah. guy's uh, as sharp as they get. Yeah, I think it was, <laughs> it just, I think it was just miscommunication. Um, among the, the sure. team, not not everybody was on the same page. So, but at least from the chain of command perspective, him as a head coach, it was a you know it was something that he did delegate to his coaches. Like, hey, let's let's explain the rules to the guys just so they don't know situationally what you know what the circumstance is. So I, I'm glad that was that's I'm glad that's no longer a controversy. Yeah, well, no there longer... would still be a lot of Niners fans who disagree with his decision to not uh, defer. Oh, no, no, um, I disagree with that decision, too. Yeah, yeah. Which, uh, <laughs> but at least that, that part of the but controversy. But at least he had communicated to the team, and he was aware of it. The controversy was, well, if the players didn't know, did he know? And then everybody started trying to piecemeal audio together <laughs> and figure it out. But So apparently he knew, and they knew. He just His decision was that they wanted to take the ball and still – have the ball third. Have the ball third. Which, of course, the Chiefs have now said, and Patrick Mahomes said, we were they going have gotten for, we're going they two. Yeah, they wouldn't have got a chance to do that. Yeah, yeah. we were either going to win the game or lose the game on a two-point conversion yep. if we matched touchdowns. Uh, according to Michael Silver of the San Francisco Chronicle, Kyle Juszczyk, he talked to him, and he says, y'all, this changes nothing for me as a player whatsoever. If I know the rule or don't know the rule, I'm trying to do the exact same thing on the field. It's just people looking for a way to blank on Shanahan. So, you know, and look, I mean, there's a lot of frustration in 49er land because of, um, you know, just the, the, the heartbreaking losses. And uh, the number for Kyle Shanahan that will stick into the offseason now has lost six playoffs games as a head coach or offensive coordinator, Rod. His team's been outscored 85-12, to 12, a minus 73 in the fourth quarter of those, over, those games in either the fourth quarter or overtime. Yeah. No, no, I mean, it's, uh, it's a troubling trend. And like I said, I, I – I, did it say it last week? I mean, remember what Andy Reid's career as a head coach started out like, and he was considered a, a, a prodigy, and um, he was a great head coach, but he couldn't win that big game for whatever reason. Uh, Shanahan's still young, man. He's still really young, but and he's a prodigy too. He still is. Um, I think he'll. It's just unfortunate to be in the Mahomes era. I mean, there's nothing else you really can say about it. The, the fact that he's in the Mahomes era is unfortunate because it looks like we got another potential GOAT uh, that's ascending, and he's got to find a way to vanquish him at least a, a couple of times 
um, so that he can get him a ring. Well, and think about it. As we've said, he, not just the uh, Mahomes era twice, but the Tom Brady uh, era as well. Of Tom Brady, and yeah. remember the report that you know Kyle Shanahan reached out to Tom Brady this offseason in did. his quest to win a Super Bowl, yeah. like literally because they weren't sure how quickly Brock Purdy would recover yeah. from his elbow surgery yeah. when he got hurt in the NFC Championship game last year. And so, you know, turning over all stones, hey, let's yeah. call Brady. He, he tried. I mean, they tried to the trade Lance experiment. Yes, they, you know, they, they tried to go get a guy. Can we go get a guy with a cape already like Tom Brady? <laughs> or can we go get a, get a young guy who maybe have the potential to put on a cape at one point? That's what you need, guys. You need – a quarterback that can put on a cape, <laughs> like I said, and, put, and, and become Superman because that's what Patrick Mahomes does. He's got a cape. He pulls out in the fourth quarter, and then he puts, up, puts that damn cape on, and he's Superman. And you got to go find a guy with a cape. Now, he ain't the only one. Joe Burrow got one. Joe Burrow can pull out a cape on you. you go beat him. So he's got one, but you better go find a quarterback that's got that possibility. Everybody thought Lamar, Lamar Jackson has one. It's a regular season cape. Right, we, we, he needs him. He needs to have a postseason, a playoff cape, where he can actually put it on and go beat Patrick Mahomes. I mean, that's the key, right? We saw. Go look at who's gonna be the number one overall pick in, in, in the draft, right? We saw him put on his cape. Yeah, remember several times. We saw it at Longhorn fans. We 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 witnessed it. We, you were up. You were up by four touch, three touchdowns. So you thought, oh man, uh, Texas is safe, and then no, the dude put on his cape and brought the team back. That's if Quinn Ewers wants to be the number one overall pick, he got to sure he can put on a cape. We haven't. Uh, we, 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 he needs a cape. All the great ones do, and that, that you have that capability, and they'll draft you number one overall because then you got a chance to change a franchise like a Patrick Mahomes does. But those guys, they got capes. Does Dak have one? It's a regular season one. No. <laughs> he no. says no. no. He says well, no. That's, I mean, it's a great way to put it visually, <laughs> put on the cake. Because, look, and that's the problem. That's why, as we said all week now, since the Super Bowl, I mean, all 31 teams are trying to figure this out. Because the cape is, I mean, the, the stat's amazing that since 2001, there have been 125 drives in the NFL postseason where it was at least fourth quarter. There was under a minute left to play, and the team on offense trailed by seven points or fewer at the start of that drive. Those would be your standards for clutch moments, right? Mm-hmm. Um, of those 125 drives since 2001, only 40% of them saw the team on offense pull off the magic trick and get the points they needed. Yeah, uh, that happened. Tom Brady did it 46% of the time. Drew Brees, 50% of the time. Patrick Mahomes is 7 for 7. Mm-hmm. On, uh, 7 for 7. Yeah. On those dire situation, got to have it drives. Puts on the case. 7 for 7. He does, man. I'm telling you. He does, <laughs> I mean, he he does he it every – he's Tiger Woods on a yeah. green when he had to have a big shot or a big putt. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's – that's what, that's what made Tiger so ridiculous is he always made the big putt. He always made the big shot. And you – I mean, he demoralized people. And this is what's happening in the NFL right now. I mean, to yeah. Kyle Shanahan is the, the current foil. Like, okay, uh, what do you do? How do you what beat this guy? What am I going to do? Yeah. And, 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 and Tom Brady, I mean, see, we, we just watched it. Yeah, Tom Brady him do it for for two decades. Tom Brady was five for eleven though in those same st- yeah. situations. Five but, for eleven. But Tom Brady was eye test clutch. We oh, all hundred percent, hundred percent. We just said we don't need yeah because Tom Brady he's Tom Brady got better at those standard. later. Yeah, exactly. This guy's done this. He's only twenty eight years old. Mm. So obviously that's what yes. everyone's chasing right now. How do you? And is there anybody that can advocate? I mean, Caleb Williams is going to be the first mm. pick of the draft. Yeah. I mean, Texans fans are excited about C.J. Stroud. Packers fans are excited about. Um, you know, Jordan Love emerging as a guy that can be like that. But at the same time, man, there's only one right now. Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow's beating him. Yeah. But Joe Burrow but can't stay like, healthy for a football team. You know, it's, it, it's, it's like the, you know, all the superhero movies. I mean, 
Superman is the greatest. Yeah. Right. He's he got, always wins. Of all, of all, <laughs> of, all the, of all the superheroes with all the capes out there, it it seems that you know Superman. He's the top of the. He's the top of the food chain. That's what it feels like. It feels like when Patrick Mahomes pulls out his cape that it's got the S on it. Like, Everybody else's is secondary. Unbelievable. All right, we'll come back. When we do, we'll go back uh, to the Longhorn conversation behind the BOC. Got some what the facts for the end of the hour. It is Valentine's Day, so happy Valentine's Day. Make sure you grab some red this morning. Uh, make a plan. It's also Ash Wednesday for Christians out there as we begin the Lenten period. Uh, kind of a crossover today uh, with two uh, very different mm-hmm. things. We'll, we'll explain why, how this uh, comes together, right, with Easter media, excuse me, with Easter and backtrack to this. We'll do that and what the facts coming up with Lent beginning today, the same day that we're going to celebrate love. Celebrate Valentine's Day. Hook them up with Ian Rodby. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook Em Up. 1019 AM 1260. The Horn. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Wednesday as we drag you up over the hump and get you uh, set for the day of, uh, of love, as they say, Rod. Also, Ash Wednesday, we'll get some what the facts for the top of the hour. On what looks to be a very nice day, been a beautiful week so far, looking like more of the same. They're dealing with a uh, serious uh, snowstorm back east, back east, Rod. Hey. A nor'easter, that's, as they call it. That's good on Valentine's Day. You're forced to stay in. Then you can uh, love on there you go. whoever you with. Well, you know, it was three years to go. the day. It was Valentine's Day well, it sucks three years. Sucks if you didn't prepare Valentine's Day because then you're stuck in the house and you can't get out to go get Valentine's Day items. That's exactly right. You had that the pre-plan. Yeah, yeah, so if you did. You got to be the last minute guy at the uh, ATV, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Not, not, not when there's a, uh, like a snowstorm or something. Well, you know, it is the three-year anniversary. Three years to this day, February 14th was when the, uh, the week-long ice blast happened. Oh, it, it was happened. this? What's, what's Snowvid? Snowvid. Snowvid. Icevid. Uh, yeah. 20, I mean, we, can we, in the South Austin Onion oh, Creek yeah. compound in which we broadcast, we lost power for five days. Oh, man. Um, you know, fire in the fireplace. Yeah, that was three years ago. I do remember that. Lasted the entirety of the week. You had, I remember, think you that had a, a car cool. issue, didn't you? Uh, I had a, yeah, well, I had a branch, a frozen, basically a tree that was frozen, and it fell on our, it fell on top of the car, I believe, <laughs> at that time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We could, and, Oh, man. It was, that, that was, that was. That was very uh, unfortunate because we were ill-prepared as a community yeah. for Snowvid, for a freeze like that. I think now we actually would be better off because a lot of people have now gotten now. generators and they've made preparations. But, yeah, that was, uh, that was unfortunate. That was seven days. I mean, oh, it, was, it was the entire state and uh, the grid, obviously, we know. But, but uh, during, during a pandemic, too. Oh, yeah. 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 That, was, uh, oh, that, was that was ugly. Three years ago today, that began. Mm-hmm. and. Nothing like that going to be today. We're good. We're good. Nah, we're good we deal man. with that. It's all about the love, baby. All about the love. All about the love. All right. So uh, um, we'll get into all the big stories, and Rod's going to take us behind the burn orange curtain here coming up. Uh, I mentioned in the headlines that ESPN and the college football playoff have agreed to terms on a contract that'll essentially make the because you know ESPN's already the home of the fourteen playoff. This extends it, and when it goes to twelve teams this year, ESPN will still own the rights. We talked about Fox and some, you know, who else would get involved. In the end, it's ESPN that will keep uh, control six years through 2031, 32. And that, but uh, the agreement won't be ratified, Rod, until they, the commissioners and the school presidents gather because they've got to figure out what the format's going to be officially because their, their agreement changed when the Pac-12 dissolved. Yes. The Pac-12, because they had five power conferences. So yeah. and this goes to how many, you know, automatic <laughs> conference champions will be in. 
to the 12-team playoff and then how many at-large teams there will be. There was going to be a 5-7 model, Rod, where five conference champions are automatic, mm-hmm. seven at-large. I think the push is going to be for – the four now there's going to be fours. Yeah, four, the four eight. eight. Okay, um, four four conference champions. Uh, no, maybe, maybe now, it was maybe. You know, it's, see, that's, that's what I don't see. I, I agree with that in theory. That that's the, it easily could be that could be the case. But to be, I guess, contrarian, does the Big Twelve deserve that kind of status? That's going to be the debate. And then you look at what the what's happening to the ACC. Because to me, and this is unofficial. I always thought. That your power, your power status, because remember they they literally they separated the power five and then the group of five. That's right. Right. You're and over what, here. What was the what what was the big separator? Right. To me, it was it was you had blue bloods. You had what they considered blue blood programs and blue blood uh, programs football wise in your conference. Definitely, because none of the group of five had them. Right. Right. But all the power five had at least one or two or three. The Big Twelve lost their blue bloods. Yep. The the Pac-12 dissolved because they lost everybody. the Blue Bloods and everybody else. Now the Blue Bloods are in the SEC and in the Big Ten. I know we can go down the list of blue, what we think a Blue Blood is, but you get my point. Um, the Big Ten and the SEC, and the ACC still has some, but all of them want to leave. Yeah, they're all rattling to get out. They're all rattling to get out. Yeah. So, so we'll, do you do you want to just give uh, you know automatic status to those conferences because you can you used to consider them Power Five, but the reason you used to consider them Power Five is no longer applicable. It's no longer ap- applicable. Yeah, so, I, that's going to be a debate, and I and Greg Sankey obviously and Tony Petiti there in the Big Ten they'll have a big say, but I do think in the end there's going to be the Big Four will have a guaranteed conference champion in. I think that will be an agreement as they move forward. And then they're going to have the, a fifth, which would be the, the highest-ranked non-Power yeah. 4 conference champion. Uh, That's who the group in. of five people. That's the group of five. Yeah. Or the group of six. Yeah, Whatever of it six is. Now. I don't even know what it is. Yeah. So, essentially, <laughs> what was before was a 6-6 six, six model. Now it's going to be 5-7 with the Power 4. But, again, that all has to be agreed to. And all those conversations you just brought up have to be worked through of what guarantees you. Because, you know, do you really want to guarantee a maybe a three- or four-loss Big 12 team? Uh, into the thing. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, seriously. Into I'm the playoff. That's, that's going to be the conversation because, I mean, if you just consider this year in the Big 12, if Oklahoma State had somehow beat Texas under the new former, mm-hmm. they'd have been in. They'd have been in. Do you want that? Do you want – and Oklahoma State was, you know, a good team this year, but they were a three-loss football team. Yeah. Um, but that's going to be the conversations because they're going to 12 this year. And they'll likely do it. They'll likely let them in. I mean, they probably will. I think it's probably going yeah, to – because, I mean, all that really changed from the agreement last time was the Pac-12 went away. Yeah. So I, I think they'll try to keep most of the structure in place, but those will be interesting discussions of the, the spring meetings here, the, the end of the summer. And, of course, one of the things Chris Del Conte said last night at his town hall is the Longhorns are planning a big celebration on campus on June 30th mm-hmm. because they will enter the SEC the next day. That That's already in the works. So to circle June 30th. Yeah. That's going to be the uh, okay. the final – that will be the big party to celebrate the move to the Southeastern Conference. All right, let's dive in. Behind the burn orange curtain, Texas football. And they were all asking themselves the same question. What is behind that curtain? All right, let's talk uh, a little bit about the guys who were invited to the combine and what they have to show at the combine. I think the uh, – A.D. Mitchell probably – is the number one, I would say, in terms of his weight, what the, the combine weighted workout and, and what it matters, he may have the most to gain out of it because he runs a fast 40. 
uh, which is, you know, for him at his size will probably be any if he goes low four fives or high four fours somewhere in there, he could end up increasing his draft stock uh, tremendously. Because um, right now that's the biggest question, right? And that's what the combine's about: answering questions uh, physically, athletically, you know, with your athletic profile. Uh, there, everybody in Devontae Sweat will have his own questions, but for a guy like A.D. Mitchell, he's probably got the most to gain because it's all about putting on a show, and the 40-yard dash for a lot of guys is going to be the show. I think for A.D. Mitchell, he's got to run. If he runs mid 4-5, that's not bad either, um, but if he runs high 4-5, and some people are expecting if he runs high 4-5, but it, that, that, that's when his draft stock will drop. That is not the expectation. The expectation is he's going to run a really good time, um, but I think he's got the most to gain because if he runs, like I said, four a low, if he runs in mid four fours um, or even low four fours, so I'm not trying to disrespect the young man. He really could make a lot of money because then I think he would cement himself to be a first round. Yeah, because the film is great. I the mean, film is route awesome. running. Oh, the uh, body, body control. control. Oh, his crash radius is through the oh, roof. Yeah. Great hands. Yeah, he's got everything. And even just, if even if he doesn't have that forty time, he's still going to get drafted relatively yes. high and be a good player. But yeah, you all of a sudden accelerate. Well, look now that guy's got four four three speed. Yeah, that that really is good. I think he's ranked like the sixth or the seventh receiver on a lot of people's boards. He could end up cementing himself potentially to be a t- top five. Yeah, he could. So that's why I think he's got a lot to gain at 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 the combine. It's going to be a big day for him, and it's all about the forty. I mean, he'll he'll run good routes and he'll look good in all the drills. Um, but for him, it's all about he, he's one of those guys. Classically, he's got to run fast, and he'll have a second opportunity. If he yeah. doesn't run great at the combine because it's too much pressure, because that's basically what is the show. He can run at pro day, or maybe he'll decide to run at pro day and at the combine. I mean, some guys decide to do that. Well, I do think uh, you know we talked about Tavondre Sweat right going to the Senior Bowl and not weighing in. Now he's got a month to slim down a little bit because he wanted to play at his playing weight, right? He wanted to be at the Senior Bowl yes. at his most powerful. Yeah. Uh, but that might have been a little, little too heavy for NFL scouts. And this is how silly this season is, but it's just how you play the game. For A.D. Mitchell, it's a conversation that, you know, the, there's kind of an assumption. He's probably a 4-5 or five guy. He's probably yeah. a 4-5 or five guy when we watch him on film. If he's, you know, spending this last two months working with a track coach and goes out there and blows 4-4-3. Four, four, so it, it's possible that he's got the athletic pro capability to do it. That'll open a lot of eyeballs. Oh, yeah. I thought he was 4-5 or five guy. He's 4-4. Exactly. Four, four. He's oh. a 4-4-8. Four, four, oh. oh, my board. I've got to move him above this guy on our big board. That's exactly why it's a huge day for him. Um, and I think he. I mean, I think he actually is going to run pretty fast. I haven't talked to a lot of guys about his speed. And it, the, the crazy thing about all of this obsession over the forty-yard dash is that, like I said, they actually now have the ability to track players in real time on a football field with football pads to see how fast you are. And they have that ability. Literally, they can track you. They have speedometers, essentially body monitors, uh, where they can they can track guys in real time speed, or they can track it uh, like off real analytics off of the film of a player um, and get miles per hour. So uh, it is a little silly that we still are obsessed with the forty yard dash, and that, that you know that will actually have data points that could drop over your overall evaluation. It's called the silly season for a reason. And so even though I, I, I think, you know, at one point in the future, we won't even have to worry about 40-yard dashes like this, <laughs> uh, still it matters for a guy, especially like a guy like A.D. Mitchell. Um, actually, on the other flip side, Xavier Worthy, his 40, I mean, I, if I'm Xavier Worthy, I don't even know if I'd run a 40 
um, at the combine. I might I might decide to run it at pro day. Wherever you think you can run the fastest, that's where you should run it because he's only got he's only got it's crazy the wide receivers he's got the most kind of to lose because if he runs a slow forty, then he's a slight smallish receiver that also you know doesn't track necessarily with a fast 40. I think he's going to run a fast 40. I mean, I think he's going to run a 4-3. Um, and I think he's going to run a mid 4-3, potentially. He may run a low 4-3. He says he's the fast, he was the fastest guy on the team. Um, does it track in terms of a 40-yard dash? Sometimes it translates, sometimes it doesn't. Um, but Xavier Worthy was tracked as the fastest player in college football, actually, by uh, real analytics. So he should run, he should be one of the fastest guys at the Combine. And I wonder if I'm A.D. Mitchell, I'll be training with Xavier Worthy, probably, because I'm sure Xavier Worthy's training with a track coach. Yep. He's got natural track speed. If you can, if you can run with that guy in drills and in, in, in your start at your 40 is, is with Xavier Worthy, if you can run with him, I think you probably are doing really well. So Xavier Worthy's 40. I don't even know if it, how weighted it is in terms of the data points on his evaluation, but he should run one of the fastest 40-yard dashes at the Combine. Um, he should be one of those top five guys. To be the fastest player on the Texas team, uh, for Xavier Worthy, that's going to be big for him uh, at the Combine, too. Because he, he, his weight now, he, they want to see him run with weight. Um, and he, we'll get into him being a slight receiver and smallish um, and what that means at the Combine. He's actually got some numbers uh, from receivers that have a similar profile, a comparable profile to Xavier Worthy. But you know, it's for him, uh, the 40 should be a show. He should put on the show. And uh, we'll see. But I, I think for, for both the receivers, the 40 is going to end up being big uh, just for very different reasons. Good stuff behind the BOC. We'll have more throughout the morning on the 11 Longhorns now invited to the Combine, which uh, Michigan had 18, which 18. <laughs> is our new record. Yeah. Uh, but Texas and Georgia both at 11. So uh, obviously a lot of talent. And as we said in the update, that was just two years ago. Two Longhorns were invited to Indianapolis. Zero got drafted. That's going to change this year, and that's what happened. You start winning some football games, developing players that you bring in. We'll come back with some What the Facts on this Wednesday morning. Uh, took them up with Ian Rodby. And Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook em Up, 1019, AM 1260, The Horn. Oh, man, the day of love. It's Valentine's Day. It's also Ash Wednesday. Time for What the Facts. And yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a strange crossover. Valentine's Day is always on the 14th of February as we honor uh, St. Valentine if you're a Christian. But it's also the start of Lent, which is 40 days to Easter. And uh, the reason Lent floats, Rod, is because Easter Sunday is always moved around the base of the – is based on the first full moon after the March equinox. So whatever yeah. the first full moon – after the March Easter night, that's when they choose, that's where Easter Sunday is determined. And then you go yeah. 40 days back from that, and that's where you get Lent. So, you know, this year it's a pretty early start to the Lenten season, which begins today. So uh, you'll see folks, it's Ash Wednesday, so you see folks with ashes on their, they go to Mass and go to uh, do their uh, beginnings of Lent. That will begin today, but it's also the day the, the uh, Mad Dash to H-E-B to get those flowers, Rod. Oh, yeah. Get, them. <laughs> get those, get those candies, get, get strawberries up. and whatnot. Mm-hmm. You know, it's time. That's that day. That's that day. Oh, yeah. There'll be people all, all, all in the stores just because uh, they wait till the last minute. Ain't nothing wrong with that, though, as long as you get it done. That's exactly right. Yeah, because I trust me, I'm a procrastinator. I've been in that bunch. 
Um, and I'll be in the store today getting some flowers. There you go. I got the card, though. Card already done. Nice job. Nice job. Yeah. Uh, all right, Rob, what are we having? What the facts here this morning? It's a busy Wednesday. Talking about the Longhorns and the Combine. CDC had an open, hall, open town hall last night. We'll talk more about that coming up. What, what do you have on what the facts? Uh, and how about this? Patrick Mahomes, 114 career starts in his career. He's lost by more than one possession just four times. Ooh, give me that again. He's had 114 career starts, and he's lost by more than one possession four times. This guy doesn't have a bad day, does he? It's pretty incredible Yeah. how consistently great he is. I mean, that's the, 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 the yeah. challenge to all, uh, trying, to, trying to beat that guy. How about this, Rob? This is a fact. The, the odds on Justin Fields having a new team are heating up. I don't know if you've seen this. I mean, the betting markets are typically ahead of the curve on a lot of these conversations. We know the Bears have the number one overall pick, mm-hmm. and Caleb Williams is the consensus top player. And they have Justin Fields, who, you know, was a a top first-round pick when he came out of Ohio State. Uh, Now, the the, the, the new odds favorite to acquire is a fact now, according to the current odds. Uh, The Pittsburgh Steelers run have emerged. Uh, Short time ago, the odds for the the Steelers to acquire Justin Fields were plus 550. As of this morning, the current odds are minus 125. Mm. So Mike Tomlin of the Pittsburgh Steelers will become a uh, prohibitive favorite to land the services of Justin Fields. Does that do anything for you? Yeah. Um, I like that. Justin, I'm a big fan. They're I looking like to upgrade from Mitch, from uh, uh, Kenny Pickett. And um, again, apparently, and if you go back in there, I heard some comments yesterday of Mike Tomlin. He, he had a high opinion of Justin Fields when he was coming out of Ohio State. Uh, I like that move. I've been saying it for a while. The, the Pittsburgh Steelers got to figure something out uh, at the quarterback position because um, Mike Tomlin's a hell of a coach. He is. I think Mike, Mike Tomlin's a Hall of Fame coach. And I, I know there's a lot of discussion about whether the, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers are complacent as an organization now. No, they just need to figure out the quarterback position. Yeah, like they had the, Big Ben for so the transition, long. Transition, yeah, exactly. The transition from Big Ben has not been a stellar one for the Pittsburgh Steelers, even though they still find a way to make the postseason and obviously have a winning record because Mike Thomas never had a losing record. So, um, I I love that move. Yeah, roll the dice. Would you? Uh, I would. I would support that. I would. Would you give yes, up the twentieth pick in the first round for Justin n- Fields? No, but. I would uh, I would still make that move. There are other ways to do it. You can give them draft capital from you know multiple middle round picks, and you can have the second round pick for him. But no, Justin Fields has not necessarily proven that he's worthy of a, being a first round pick. What? No. I will say he's Can't had the uh, Justin Fields has had the, uh, the the real problem of having new offensive coordinators every year since he's gotten into the league. That's never a good thing, right? That's never a good thing. Keep, and two head coaches. Not even what, Arthur Smith is there with the Steelers? Is, what, is it three head coaches now he's had? Or is it two? got to go look. He, I mean, the Bears. No, are just, it's, no, they're a mess. I agree with you. And, and but isn't Arthur Smith now the OC with the Pittsburgh. Steelers? Yes. Yeah, that would so be. So that, you know, at least you got an OC now. Well, remember, we talked We talked about uh, when Arthur Smith was you know, still the coach of the Falcons, there was thought, man, that's the kind of guy that would love to have Justin Fields. <laughs> All right, creative yeah. guy. Because mm-hmm. uh, what you're, right. you know, Arthur Smith, when he was in Tennessee, got the best years out of Ryan Tannehill, and Ryan Tannehill emerged as yep. you know, and they they've got some of those. And they had a, they got some elements. Power back. Power, power running game. Yep. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I love I love that move. Actually, I do too. I do. I think Steelers need to make that make that happen. But I don't know if I'd give up a first round pick for him. They have the 20th pick now. The Bears are going to ask for that because they already have. You know, they have the one pick, which would give them Caleb Williams. They have the ninth overall pick, and if they could swing that deal and end up with three picks in the top 20. you got two picks in the top 10 right now. Yeah. yeah you're right. Bears be. could be on the way to a rebuild if they hit on the picks, but and if you know, you know, the quarterback is the, what we expect from the quarterback. 
Yeah, first round pick seems a little too risky for me, but I think you can negotiate it. But man, and maybe you can maybe you can trade down and get a later first round pick. Yeah, if you you can trade trade with somebody and get a later first round pick. Like, all right, I'll, I'm not giving you number twenty overall, but I'll give you thirties, you know, thirtieth or twenty eighth. Yeah, if you could trade back and then trade, trade back, back and, and get then, some of that value yeah. back, you know what I mean, and recoup some of that value. It'll be interesting, but that is now, you know, again, in the gambling markets, typically no uh, minus one twenty five to the Steelers mm. for Justin. Man, Hughes. that's sexy though. That is, I gotta tell you, that's pretty sexy. Yeah, to go Man. with uh, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, and uh, Deshaun Watson in that division. Even if it's not happening, I love the fact the Steelers are now, as an organization. That based on that report, they're going to be aggressive. Go get a quarterback. Yeah, go get a quarterback. Because Mike Tomlin is too good of a coach for you yeah. guys to, to be in the playoffs toiling. Yeah, toiling in mediocrity just because you don't have a QB. Come on now. Especially in that division. Dude, it's ridiculous. Look at that you got, you got you got Joe Burrow and Lamar Jackson in that division? Nah, you better go, go get you a quarterback. Have go to, get right? you a QB. Yeah, you need one. Somebody with a cape. <laughs> go but, get a guy with I, a cape. I still think whether it's it's – Wherever we stand on this, there's still a lot of people in the NFL that believe that you know Justin Fields has been undercoached, and that's been his biggest problem. He uh, still has a lot of ability. Yeah, he's still in his you know middle twenties. Uh, you can build around him with a strong defense like they have in Pittsburgh and a coach like Mike Tomlin, and then a running game. And they have they have weapons there, receivers there. I mean, they've they've got a nice uh, that would be a nice landing spot for him. It's not bad. It's um, not bad at all. all I like right. that. That's sexy. Good stuff. All right, we'll come back. When we do, it'll be uh, hour two of our four-hour Valentine's Day conversation. One hour down, four to go. Hook them up with Ian Rodby.